Hipster Bricks by Denver Day. The cost of doing business and the price of egalitarianism in the 21st century. Or it takes money to make money. Number 45. Christmas came all over me. By the new year, Red, Sam, and I had pooled our lodging resources and were sharing the household duties. The dynamic at our home reminded me of the focused bustle which I had experienced when visiting Julie, Stevie, and Queenie's place back in Phoenix. Sam Mary was like a human bonsai tree. Everything in her wake and field of vision was alive. <laughs> she was a reef aquarium and 19 ferns and vegan cats as big as baby bears with shiny coats and wild, wise eyes who asked in plain English to be fed twice a day. <laughs> Sam Mary was alive. She was life, in fact. Red and I weren't slouches among the garden either. <clears throat> but it was nice to have someone officially working the soil in a dedicated role around the house. Red wrote, constantly scribbling uh, or typing away. She painted in order not to burn out on the writing. I continued to write and study and watch the barometry. We were all at peace and flux, healthy and alive. One learns by experience that such times of high straight roads are just a part of the ongoing and a never-ending journey, not destinations or stopping places. But they're a very nature, and in light of the nature of life in the universe, they uh, must be temporary, physically temporary. Such times can always be visited and joined in the heart. In that case, which is truly all that really matters, they are permanent like other points of light in the heart. We worked our respective shifts at the diner or the pub, counseling drunks and bankers and praying for bums and playing cards all night about half the time. Frankly, I felt retired. There had not been any work since that night at the Sheraton through the end of the year. Chelsea came up with a job, finally a heroin deal, in mid-January, which Mary took the lead with. It went fine. She basically burned down some dude who came in from the Midwest with a sawed-off shotgun in the back office of a gas station over by the airport. We left the duffel bag full of products sitting on top of the man who had ventured too far from his tri-state area. For the sake of clarity, did we? We hope it ended up in an evidence locker somewhere properly, and it probably did. It's certainly possible. Anyway, again as before, no argument from the proletariat ensuing the matter. Regarding our inclinations, or maybe to be said more accurately, our willingnesses to take our highly pastoral and aesthetic American shit show to the international level, we'd have to wait in the wings till such time that some embassy on foreign soil picked us up on the wire, or on waivers, as you like it. That's a slow boat. <clears throat> Such is time. Such is maritime law. We were not complaining regarding the calendar uh, of our station, though. Since there truly is no time, then time was something which we had plenty of. Red, I think, eventually got bored, and needed to provide the muse with new scenery. When the spring thaw came, she went to the police academy. All in all, uh, she wouldn't be gone long, six weeks or so. Like, why not, right? While she was gone, we would take any and all side work information from Jack Marion up at the pub. The muse tugged at me a bit. But I simply parlayed to her that it was important to continue listening and waiting out the landscape. 
The great American novel can be elusive and skittish in the bush, and I was looking for a flock of them. Patience was due, but it was also just as likely to bring about empty nets full of shitball politicos and other such high-dollar junkies. It's okay, though. There's room for everybody in my back pages. Then one of the secrets about great American noveling is that writing them is what's important. Nobody is supposed to give a shit if anybody reads it, especially not the author. An author works at the pleasure of his friends, anyway, not statistical strangers. Statisticizing people can be dangerous if it's done in bad faith, moreover. But, anyway, for an author, the number one is how success is measured by readership census. Two is nice, but it's a surplus. Anyway, while Red farmed herself out, <clears throat> um, Sam and I farmed ourselves in. It was certainly um, still cold enough to hibernate. Skiing was an option, and we could burn off a little of our cash surplus we were experiencing as honest bartenders and waitresses. And we would probably, with a little luck, find some Coke dealers to shut down. Um, you people who are still doing blow really ought to stop it, particularly those of you who know better. And for the youngsters who are said to not know any better than they oughta. Yada. Sam and I uh, loaded up the Taurus and drove to Crested Butte, Colorado, where we arrived just before a three-day blizzard. We lodged ourselves at a reasonable chateau and started acquainting ourselves with our cohabitants for our stay, locals and tourists alike, while we let in, while we let the fresh puffy stuff stack up all over outside. <laughs> 